0: Ladies and gentlemen,
1: all the way from Dallas, Texas,
0: it's the Yankee Cowboy Podcast with your host, Tim Wilkins, where he talks all things pro wrestling and sports. Let's go.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I am joined by my co host yet again, Christopher, and we're going to be talking about today's big topic in the world of NASCAR Kyle Busch leaving Joe Gibbs Racing and the Toyota manufacturer to go to RCR, Richard Childress Racing, and that prestige history and Chevrolet. As well as we might throw some NFL in there, heck, even some UFC from over the weekend, who knows? But lastly, Joined by my co-host, Christopher. Thank you for joining me as always, Chris. I appreciate you taking me this late and having fun. Hopefully, you're not going to yawn and have all that fun stuff.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That's why I got a mute button.
1: Oh, it's a magical thing. So today, man, it's actually a fun... I don't know, man. I think the rumor came out uh, by The Athletic on Friday. Uh, by the way, I was going to ask you how your weekend was, but I'm pretty sure we already gone through all that, but I think it was pretty eventful with all the stuff going on you had.
0: Oh, so, yeah. Uh, it was... Spent most of the weekend on the uh the other coast, the the uh, left coast. So oh, it was, you, uh, oh
1: you mean the waste coast, the waste coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> let it fall into the
0: Pacific Ocean. But uh yeah. <laughs> had a had a red eye home and uh got an hour of sleep. I uh, had a person next to me who had restless leg syndrome and another person next to me who just couldn't stop moving. And when you're over six feet tall, <laughs> crammed into the economy classes not a good it's not a good not a lot of fun.
1: Well, here's the bright news for you. At least your flights weren't canceled, delayed, or in, in other words, just like the rest of America. And by the way, if you have stocks, I feel bad for you right now. Uh, I'm mourning for your, your IRA and your 401k. Make sure you vote early and vote often. And that being said, let's talk about today's topic. Um, I think Kyle Bush I think like I was telling you, the, the sports came out. The Athletic came out with the leak on Friday by good old Jayski came out that uh, he was going to go to RCR on Friday. And uh, I don't think anyone was really surprised, Chris, on whether or not he was going to leave JGR. It was just a matter of where he was going to land. And I think this this move is very monumental for the developmental drivers in the other uh, series as well. And I think that's the reason why we had this conversation today is the implications that really what this move has for the rest of the sport. I'm obviously not for the driver's standpoint, but uh, obviously, you know, Kyle Busch is well-known, well-respected for his racecraft and his ability to win races. But this has a pretty shifted the mon- the globe, really, in the world of racing. So want to see what your opinion was on it and kind of go from here, what we want to talk about.
0: Well, if you look at it from this perspective, this is probably the biggest free agent move in NASCAR since probably Dale Earnhardt Jr. When he left uh, Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. At the end of 2007, and went to Hendrick Motorsport. Um, you know, I think it came from the perspective of there were probably three to four big players that were in the Kyle Busch lottery. I think you had Joe Gibbs Racing, which did make offers to Kyle, um, but could not meet the the financial means that he he wanted. Um, you know, we had heard rumors that you know, Kyle's making upwards of 14 million dollars a year base salary before any other incentives in his in his uh, contract uh gives made an offer at around 10 million that he declined um and i think from there it really kind of fell apart in terms of keeping him in the 18 car past 2022 uh steward haas racing uh, i believe made 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 an offer to try and get kyle into the Ford camp and then also uh, two chevy teams with collie racing uh made an offer and then obviously where he did sign today with which was with Richard Childress Racing. So, so there were definitely a lot of players. Uh, also throw in there was a outside chance of uh, 2311 potentially putting him in the car with not knowing the future of his brother Kurt whether he'll be back from his uh, his, his concussion he sustained at, at Pocono earlier this year. So there definitely was a lot of uh, definitely was a lot of interest in what was going on out there. But when it when it came down to it. You know, Kyle had to make a decision that he felt was in the best interest of not only his career but you know the long-term stability of, of Kyle bush motorsports and 50 or 60 employees that that worked there um and then also factoring in that he had he made no qualms about it the hope that his his young son brexton will eventually um you know continue on with his racing career and eventually they'd be able to uh to share a, share a truck ride um in the latter part of Kyle's career and in the early part of brexton's so definitely some things from that perspective that he had to look at long term and we'll see what happens
1: yeah man i i think like we're talking i think we were talking off off air about some of these things i think the uh the one thing that kind of stuck out to me was you know the ability or the inability of toyota to kind of step in as the manufacturer and really just I'm not sure, like, I don't know the details. Of course, a lot of fans don't know the details of the negotiation. A lot of that stuff is rumored and, and, and things like that. But there was rumors early on in this year that JGR had a sponsor, I think it was a tech firm, that they were really close to signing as a sponsor for a full year. Obviously, the sponsor that they were, the main reason why this even got out of hand was obviously the company that owns M&M's and that whole candy company pretty much said, hey, we're not coming back next year. Which left the funding of that race car up in the air, as well as driver's salary. And driver salary, I think we can talk. I think we both agree with that. Driver salary has, at one point, was extremely high. And with a lot of these major head corporations leaving the sport, it kind of has come down to earth a bit. So with with Kyle Busch getting a ten, if that's true, that ten million dollar offer a year, which is only a four million dollar a year concession. Think about that, Chris. It's only a four million dollar a year concession to stay with the manufacturer that you've done for 15 years. I mean, it's a long-term relationship. I know the sports analogy is always a, you know, everyone talks about Tom Brady staying to paint the world of New England, and heck, we can go down the list of Mariano Rivera staying in the Yankees organization, Derek Jeter, all those guys. But this was definitely a monumental move in the world of sports because the guy was there after he got out. Maybe we could talk about the history of this. Kyle Busch left Hendrick Motorsports on contentious terms and him to get picked up by JGR was pretty big at the time as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, you look at it from the perspective of, you know, Kyle, you know, make a uh, quick cliff notes version of his career. You know, he, you know, came up through uh you know out, out west born in Las Vegas you know was um a few years younger than obviously younger brother of, of Kurt Busch the 2004 Cup Series champion uh Kyle started his career you know really got on the main stage back in uh, the early 2000s 2000 2000 2001 uh was a, was actually a Roush development driver um was ran a few truck races for Roush um at the age of 16 um back when you could race now the rules gone back where you can race on tracks under a mile of 16. But Kyle ran several truck races for Roush, ran in the, what was the old ASA series. Um, And then unfortunately, nothing really came of it at Roush. So he, uh, in 2003, moved over to Hendrick Motorsports uh, as a development driver, ran a part time schedule, both ARCA and then what was then the Bush series. uh, Ran a couple full seasons, ran uh, two full seasons, or one full season, sorry. With, Hendrick's Bush team in 2004 won I believe, four or five races, won Rookie of the Year, nearly won the championship, um, and then was was cast uh, to replace Terry Labonte, uh in the in the Kellogg's number no. five in 2005. Picked up his first Cup win at Fontana in 05, Um, and as you mentioned, just didn't have the success I believe that uh, at Hendrick Motorsports, and then left there at the end of 2007, um, and then with JGR from. 2008 until the end of this year, so 15 years, tons of wins, um, well over 150 wins with the with the organization with uh, with, with Joe Gibbs Racing. So um, you know, definitely the end of a of a legacy there. You know, Kyle, I think for the you know really put. I mean, obviously Bobby Labonte had success winning the championship in 2000 in the 18 car, but it has to be said that the 18 car with Kyle Busch and Mars and MMs was really put on the map by. By uh, by Kyle Busch, for sure. Yeah, and
1: I think like I was telling I was talking about this earlier is Toyota if the, the driver's salary or let's just say the race funding, which is where we're talking about this in, in off air, if the if the opportunity came to Toyota was like, listen, obviously KBM is a developmental team, Kyle Busch Motorsports for all listeners out there, the truck team, has three de- developmental drivers for Toyota in it right now. Joe Hunter Niemicek, and a couple other drivers as well. Uh, Toyota could have stepped in and said, hey, we're going to sponsor your car outright for the year so the car is fully funded. Would that have changed the negotiation tactic with with Kyle and said, hey, listen, I'll take the $10 million salary? Obviously, this today's announcement, the salary of Kyle Busch has not been released to the public. Um,
0: it's obviously nor, a nor will we never see it. Yeah, and, most and, uh, of yep. these NASCAR salaries, you're always going to... Anytime you see a NASCAR contract, it always says a multi-year deal. There's rarely, there's unlike most other professional sports where you see a a number, a nominal number, whether it be signing bonus or or the whole contract itself. You know, right in NASCAR or, it, or in most motorsports,
1: very vague.
0: They'll say that the drivers on a on a multi-year contract. So it really depends on on the organization itself. And typically, these contracts will have an option year uh, tacked onto it. With team so um yeah so the the, the way the way contracts are presented in NASCAR or in most of our sports different different from other
1: sports oh oh, absolutely and that's where I think as a span that you always see you always hear the word multi-year on any press release you kind of just smile or a multi-year commitment or a multi-race commitment on a sponsor you always kind of laugh and go okay so we're gonna do like two races that counts multi but no um the reason why I really want to bring this topic into the forefront is that now with this move with Kyle Busch Motorsports and Toyota seizing their their basically the relationship, uh, it changes the dynamic for the other series of the motor of, of the racing of the racing world. I mean, right now you had a driver like Joe Hunter or John Hunter Nemechek, not Joe, uh, his son. Uh, leave a full-time cup ride, which arguably could have been like a drive-in park or park-and-ride, excuse me, uh, or ride-in-park, whatever you want to call it. It was a full-time ride.
0: A mid-pack team.
1: Okay, let's, let's just go with that, a mid-pack team. It was a mid-pack team. He, you know, he was a full-time ride, and he left that ride, which I'm not sure how lucrative of a ride that was, but it's still a full-time cup ride, to go – back to Kyle Busch Motorsports and, and gather a championship and and win races, which he has done. So that being said that that young man has a heck of a next six or eight months here to figure out what exactly does he do? Um, obviously he has other, they have other part-time drivers there as well, but Toyota used Kyle Busch Motorsports as a developmental, uh, team to help groom and, and get their race car drivers up to, uh, the standards there and now we don't have that and obviously they don't have that in the Xfinity series um
0: well, yeah, very Gips li- Gips race. what was that well yeah you, you have Joe Gibbs racing there well, well
1: I mean it's a very limited you got 25 drivers only it, it's not you know uh, not that great
0: but yeah I mean it, it'll be it'll be interesting long term because you, you know from, from the perspective of and Kyle made no qualms about it then. um he was looking at the long-term stability of his or of his race team, and organization. And I think when, when you, when you look at the totality of it, I mean, he's seen several careers come out of Kyle Busch, March, whether it be Eric Jones or Chris Bell or uh, Daniel Suarez drove truck races for him. Um, there's been, there's been a, a you know, Harrison Burton most recently, uh, there's been a lot of, of talent that's come out of that pipeline. And and, and yes, Kyle Bush Motorsports has become a, a proverbial pipeline to the to the next to the next level, which is the you know, out of our out of the arca series into trucks and then into the Xfinity series and hopefully into the Cup series. So um yeah, that that is gonna be interesting. I mean, there are other Toyota teams when you look at Thor Sport Racing, which is you know, they're based out of Ohio. So, the, you know, they're obviously one of the longest standing truck teams in, in one of the original truck team so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens long term whether um you know this this team and this organization where it will go i mean obviously they're going to go to chevrolet um we don't know who the lineup is going to be typically those lineups are not finalized till december or sometimes as early as or as late as january um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the how the pieces so you know, really, the first puzzle piece is falling. You know, Kyle is, is leaving the organization. Um, you know, is leaving JGR, and then subsequently, will that that pipeline, therefore, Toyota will will come to an end. Um, so, where will Toyota take their their drivers who are who are under contract to them, and where will they place them? Uh,
1: well, that's one thing I was going to ask: is is how exactly does that work? Are you getting funded sponsor? Is the car being funded by Toyota when it comes to a, a sponsorship-style deal? Or is the yeah, driver I mean. being sponsored and they bring money? Because obviously we could talk about that in a whole other episode of how the sport has drastically changed over the years for how much money they're bringing to the table and how much are they actually acquiring through you know, business-to-business relationships. And it's just baffling to me that Toyota didn't really make a stake here and say, Joe Gibbs, you have to – Wolf will front the money like there wasn't it didn't seem like there was much of a kyle bush is a hall of fame talent you know they always say oh kyle larson's a generational talent kyle bush arguably has won a ton of races and done really well in all three series of the of the racing series he's a generational talent for a lot of drivers for a lot of people a lot of fans but if for him to go to rcr there there had to Especially, I'm not sure if you you listened to the presser today at all. But our RC was, uh, as Richard Childress for all you listeners out there, uh, he was he had no qualms with sticking Tyler Reddick out there the way that Tyler Reddick did him. If you listened to it, he he said he called him an hour before the presser and said, "You're out of the 18. We're putting you into a third car. Oh, by yeah. the way, your your, your crew chief, <laughs> we're keeping it with the eight car. Like there was yeah. no qualms." <laughs> Of the relationship there going forward is definitely of sports earth, which I don't blame RC. <laughs> I don't blame yeah. at all.
0: So, well, you got um, and and you got to look at it from the perspective of you know, Richard. Obviously, you know he wants long-term success for his organization. If you really if you really think about it, and you look at, at Richard Childress Racing, you know, post you figure they've not won a champion a Cup Series championship since since the late Dale Earnhardt in 1994. Um, you know they've had They've had decent amounts of success over the last twenty plus years, but um, you know, they, re- they really hasn't been sustained success from 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 Richard Children's Racing since since the since the nineties, since the early nineties. So, you know, this really from a perspective of Richard is is kind of his, you know, it's obviously he's up in age. So this this is one of those things where this could be his last real significant shot at getting Richard Shoulders Racing back to where it needs to be or where it was uh, for so many years. And, you know, bringing a guy like Tyler Reddick uh, several years ago, him winning an Xfinity title for, for Richard Shoulders Racing. Uh, you know, they had, and, and there were a lot of people that said that, you know, Tyler Reddick was the best talent that they had at that race team since Kevin Harvick almost 20 years prior. So, you know, from this perspective, I think this obviously makes the organization better. I think it makes. Oh,
1: the- I don't think there's any question, Chris, that the uh, the talent level of Kyle Busch bring, that he brings to the table makes the organization better. It's just RC, in my opinion, you know, Richard Childress Motorsports. There, it was always, you know, obviously with Austin Dillon being signed there, it kind of took the the wind out of its sails, in my of my view, regardless of what people's views on Austin Dillon as a person, him getting his ride in the circumstances that he did. As a, race, as a race fan, you kind of go, eh? It's like yeah. having Hendrick. It's like having Ricky Hendrick drive for Rick. You know, having Rick's Hendrick son drive for Rick. It's it's very. Which he eh, did. Which he did. with that was in the lower series, uh, not not the Cup series. Uh, but like if you look at the drivers at KBM, obviously John Hunter Nemechek, Chandler Smith, and Corey Heim. Uh, and there's also Sammy Smith in the ARCA series. That's who's under that umbrella. Uh, as well as obviously Kyle Bush's son as well uh, is under that organization but can the drivers really negotiate and come back to Toyota and say hey listen there's 40 drivers in your pipeline I don't see a long-term situation here and Chevy go okay you know we want you to stay in the ride like guy like John Hunter Nemechek is that a possibility
0: do you think I mean, I think a lot of it's just going to depend on what Toyota wants. I mean, you know, the, kind of looking at the way Toyota does their program, you know, they they are very holistic in how they how they approach driver development. I think that they've taken they've taken the whole driver development program to a whole different level, even compared to the other manufacturers. You know, they they'll they'll get kids that are straight out of corner midgets and go karts, and then put them into uh, you know midgets and you know, dirt midgets and sprint cars and stuff like that. And then from there, if they wanted to move over to, you know, uh, pavement late models or late model stocks or super late models, you know, Toyota has a pipeline. I think the challenge for Toyota is the number of seats that they have available. Uh, I think that that that's always kind of been the issue: is that you know we've got so many drivers. The problem is we don't have enough seats available. I mean, you figure when you look at right now in the cup series i'll just use the cup series for example toyota only has six we'll say factory entries. you know for the four obviously jgr cars and then the two 2311 cars so you know you figure if you have that many drivers coming through it is very very difficult to find seats for them you know from a from a cost perspective you know, a Yeah, you know, and we. I'm not really. We're not really sure how much right now with the, what the funding is for a full year cup. But going off what the old kind of pre next gen, you're looking over 20 million dollars a year. You know, an Xfinity ride, a top tier Xfinity ride is about six to eight million dollars, and a top tier truck ride is about four million dollars a year. So there's, it's it's not cheap, even even to come up through the through the the, uh, the, the grassroots bottom level. You know, even an ARCA ride is probably well over a million, a million and a half dollars per year. So, you know, you're talking, you know, pretty significant amounts of money just to uh, just to field these kids up through these series with no guarantees on how they might be long term. Uh, and and I, 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 this- I think I was
1: going like to cut you off here, but the we saw that last two years ago with Haley Deegan. And I, I know we don't want to talk about. her her talent level or any of that stuff but we saw that relationship go from Toyota to Ford because of her development to where she wanted to go and I think these kids I I call them kids because compared to us in age they have to make some serious business decisions going forward because once you get to this level uh, you know truck series and up it gets really competitive for a seat you have to have results right
0: absolutely now there's no doubt about it yeah it's all about it's all about results, and that uh, and that leash that they give you is very, very, very small. So, um, yeah, there, there's not much time for these guys and girls to uh, to develop themselves for, um, you know, to, to really see if they have what it takes to be a to be a a star and be a race winner on uh, on Sundays for sure. So it's uh, there's no doubt about it. I just think that, you know,
1: in hindsight is 2020, of course, I think there's going to be there's going to come out and see what my what I was trying to figure out with that RC press release was they didn't announce any sponsor uh, relationships like they did with 2311 when they first came out with the charter. But what would happen hypothetically if they went to the colleague racing or they went to, uh, you know, Stuart Haas, Stuart Haas obviously is Ford. But with Colleague, I, I thought RC and, and, and Colleague were the two guys that had the most money available to sign long-term deals. And it, it obviously showed here. Obviously, we won't know the money payout. Uh flow so drivers keep that close to the vest. But there's got to be some kind of discussion going forward with how these race teams acquire sponsorships in the way they do it. That it's kind of transparent to the public because a lot of it's. I understand a lot of it's business to business. I get that, but what you know, the rumor came out that they had JGR had a sponsor for that car for the 18 car, and we're talking about driver's salary. Well, why wouldn't JGR announce that sponsorship deal anyway for the 18 car for next year? Now we're dealing with 10 plate. Who's going to fill that ride?
0: Gibbs. Well, Gibbs? I mean, yeah, I mean the 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 short list right now is Ty Gibbs to go in that car, and I believe you know, obviously from the perspective of you can, you can pay, you could pay, you know, if you're, if Kyle's wanting upwards of 10 to $12 million a year and you could pay Ty Gibbs 750 to a million dollars a year, I mean, just in, just in base salary, I mean, that is a significant amount of savings that you can have. I mean, that, I think that's it, really, I think what we're seeing now is a, is a shift, Um, you know, from these high, driver salaries um if you look back over the last i would say seven or eight years and you see some of the some of the guys who've, who've lost rides or been been replaced in rides i mean you look at it first example would be uh would be carl edwards you know i think carl edwards acquired quite a significant salary um you know he was replaced with for daniel suarez um you know he's another jgr example um matt Kenseth, he, he gave he was a, he was a big salary guy and he was replaced by Eric Jones. And now you're looking at a guy like Kyle Bush who acquires a big salary um, being replaced by, by Ty Gibbs. Um, but you look at but you can even go further down you know even other areas of the ground. Right? But, house, he, but yeah, Chris he,
1: at some point though, the results are earned and the payout is earned. You know what I mean? So where Like so, if I have 50 wins, I don't earn, I don't get deserved 50 or 8 million dollars a uh, salary, or 10 million dollars. Like, no, that's where I'm getting at. Some of these guys, I understand what you're saying, is that their balloon payouts. Keslowski, Kenseth, Edwards, Edwards, in my opinion, and and Kenseth got forced out for money reasons. But like, guys like Keslowski, obviously he had his deal with uh, Roush. You know that kind of gave him the incentive to to walk away from Penske. And go a different direction in his career that's fine but jimmy johnson's another guy in a chevy ride so, i that's Al's another bowman. one that you know and bowman uh i i don't know about that one too we can talk about that right now is the sports heading in that direction where they're cutting salaries out but the quality of talent you're paying a guy for a million dollars and you're seeing sporadic results a guy like kyle bush you're going to tell me a guy like kyle bush doesn't deserve 10 10 million dollars well yeah
0: I, I, I mean i think you gotta look the, i mean you gotta look at it from a market perspective i mean if if the sponsorship dollars aren't there you know if 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 a sponsor if x y and z sponsor that was spending 20 million dollars is spending 10 million dollars and you've got to find a way to backfill that it is it's impossible i mean it's very very difficult i think <laughs> would 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 TRD, Toyota, Joe Gibbs Racing love to still have Kyle Bush and sign them up long term and, you know, to where he would drive that car until he said, I'm done. Absolutely. But when it comes down to a dollars and cents standpoint, it is, it's, it, it's very hard to justify it if you just don't have the funding. I mean, you figure, you know, like we talked about, they did have a sponsor on the on the hook that they thought was going to be able to fill that hole for, for, Mar- for Mars, and it fell through, you know, and, 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 you know, a, a typical sales cycle. Is a 12 to 14 month deal. I think where, where JGR was hoping if they could get a deal done with Kyle would have been, Hey, you know, we'll give you a, you know, we'll give you a heavily uh, incentive laden contract buy us a year. And then from there, we can figure out what can happen long-term. Um, you know, similar to what happened to Penske with, with, with Brad Keselowski. you know, he signed a one-year extension, um, you know, and they tried to get a long-term deal done, but it just, it didn't work out. So I think from that perspective, Kyle looked at it and his, his business people looked at it and said, okay, we can either sign a, a balloon one-year deal day and, or, and, or we can find something long-term that can take you probably through the rest of your career and go from there. And obviously I think he wanted, he wanted the stability of knowing where he was going to be long-term. I think he didn't want to go into to 2023 with the constant pounding of the the media and the press saying, hey, like when are you guys going to get a deal done? When he knows everyone knows he signed a one-year contract. So, you know, I think that this will put a lot of that stuff to bed. And I think now it's just the the, the fact of just finishing out the season at, at at JGR and then looking towards 2023 and seeing if he can take you know a team that you know has while well, has been competitive and both cars made the playoffs, but now taking it from being a A a contender to a uh, you know to it from just a contender to now a championship contender that'll be uh, that'll be.
1: I'll say this. I'll close out with this. I think Toyota could have, and of course I don't know all the details behind the scenes, but I think Toyota could have superseded over JGR and said this is what we're gonna do. And I'm saying not not pull the trump card on this, but per se, but I think. If they, Because you can hear, if you actually read the press releases by everybody at Toyota, they are very, very, very disappointed and in, in that whole scenario and the way it played out. But at the same time, if they're so disappointed, why didn't they try to keep arguably the most successful Toyota driver that they've had in their stable? And I understand it's a funding thing and everyone has to make a living doing what they do. But... Arguably, what my point was from the beginning of this podcast was Toyota not making a move of some kind has now affected a lot more than just Kyle Busch. It it, it it affected, obviously, a handful of drivers in the truck series, which that has one less Toyota truck team in the truck series. Also has less seats available for these TRD, which obviously Toyota will make contingency plans for these drivers, but for a young person perspective, it causes a lot of anxiety. And I think for, for race fans out there to watch a guy like John Hunter Niemicek basically make a huge monumental move to go from one, one, one high end racing series back to arguably what is lower of the, the truck series. Obviously his father was a, a great truck series driver. But to go there and now have to make contingency plans now for next season. And he said it in, in victory in, in, in post-race at Kansas. He's stressed out. If you watch a John Hunter Nemechek race, post-race interview after Kansas, he says, hey, I'm going through some personal stuff. And he, he knows what's on the horizon. Like you, you can kind of tell, obviously, behind the scenes, Chris, what, what the motorsports racing community was going through obviously they leaked that story out Friday. They knew they were announcing it on a Tuesday, but everybody that was involved with this deal knew about it on over the weekend. And unfortunately I think Toyota could have said, Hey, listen, this is what we're doing. We'll bridge the gap. We'll give you the extra 4 million to keep you here. But JGR, you have to commit to finding him a, a deal, you know, a long-term deal. And I think that's, what's important. I mean, I'll close out with that, Chris. I think I appreciate you joining me for this episode. And and hopefully everyone join us on social media. Uh, Feel free to download the episode and and like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Take a look at Patreon stuff. But, uh, yeah, man. Thanks for joining me. Do it next week. Oh, yeah. Another fun time
0: thank you for listening to this episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to join us on social media to continue these great conversations and more.